Brethren, we are thankful to our God to be able to be here. It's a little different. We're in the middle of a pandemic, but God has blessed us and all is uh, well, and it's going to be just fine. We praise God because God's people know that this is not the end. We know how the end is going to happen, and so we have hope. And so over the next uh, two weeks, Lord willing, um, I want to, over these next two lessons, should I say, I want to talk about hope, and hopefully and prayerfully, you'll find one scripture out of uh, the few that I'll present to you that may be useful in your evangelistic efforts to help out the community and the people abroad, those whom you know. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Our magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious God, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to uh, discuss matters of faith, to preach your word, to worship you. And we pray, Lord God, as the saints are worshiping in their homes today, uh, we ask that you'll bless each home, and that you'll help them to have a renewed spirit, and that you'll give them the strength that they need and desire to remain faithful and true to you. And Lord God, when this is all finished or complete and over, we pray that you will bless us to be reunited in the joyful spirits and, uh, Lord God, a renewed heart. Thank you for your kindness, your compassion, your mercy, care, and for your love. This is our prayer in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Would be thy will. Amen. When I ask you to turn to Acts chapter 16, we want to discuss hope for a brighter future. Uh, hope is constantly and consistently found but it can only be found in God. We know that and uh, we understand that. But humanity, you know, they hope for a brighter future, a, a brighter tomorrow. Uh, they hope that they've done everything to secure their future retirement plans and their uh, specific investments. And they hope and pray for the blessings of God. We hope and pray for the blessing of God to receive our eternal home. But we all agree that without hope, the bad news that we hear, right now we're hearing bad news on the radio, on the television, it's on your phone, it's everywhere. It becomes overbearing and it becomes overpowering. And that's why we need help. Without the hope in God, we'll become so depressed. I encourage you to remember to keep your hope alive in Christ Jesus. So I want to look just quickly, Acts chapter 16, at what happens when you have a hopeless situation. Here's what humanity has done. Look, if you will, in Ephesus. Acts 16 and beginning at verse uh, 16. Uh, there the Bible says, and it happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a certain slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her master's much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, these men are bond servants of the most high God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. And she continued doing this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And at uh, and it came out of her at that very moment. So the reaction should have been, wow, we have watched an amazing demonstration of the power of God. What a blessing. What, what, what an amazing... No, that wasn't their response. Their response was quickly in the negative because their hope was lost. Their hope for making a profit was 
gone. And so their financial crises in their minds was escalating. And they felt like they were going to face a doomed economy. Everything was over. It was all going to, it was all going to die. Life became hopeless to them. And watch what happens when men and women, when humans, when humanity becomes hopeless. Verse 19. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs, which it is not lawful for us to accept or to observe being Romans. And the crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off of them, And they proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And having, or he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. It's like a riot. (laughs) Turn to Proverbs 13. It's a riot. And we've, we've seen riots when People feel hopeless and, and here, you know, we're looking at a situation that is, yeah, it's difficult and, and it's something that, you know, we're unsure of. We don't know what's happening in the future, but do we have to become uncivilized in our activity? That's what hope happens when you don't have hope. People become depressed and they even step outside of their character. And in Proverbs 13 and verse 12, the Bible says uh, that hope deferred, it makes the heart sick. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred. Romans chapter 5, please. You know when you expect something to happen and you, you look forward to it happening and then you, you're waiting and you're waiting and it, it, it doesn't quite happen and that hope slowly dwindles away and it's hope deferred. It makes us depressed and anxious and full of turmoil in our minds and even chaos. We, God's people, have to maintain our hope. We have to keep hope alive. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And brethren, we have to go through some stuff to gain a strong and a true Hope in our God. Verse 5 says, And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Never allow our minds to be filled with hopelessness. Psalm 33. Life, death, the universe, the throne of God. These are things that are out of our hands. They're out of our control. Some have learned to accept the things that we cannot change, while others give up. Yet hope 
is alive in the children of God. When you trust in God, it's amazing how hope works. Verse 18 of Psalm 33. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield for our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Let thy loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in thee. We hope, we trust in God. Psalm 71. There the Bible says, beginning at verse 1. In thee, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In thy righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline thy ear to me and save me. Be thou to me a rock of habitation to which I may continually come. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the grasp of the wrongdoer and ruthless man, for thou art my hope. O Lord God, thou art my confidence from my youth. Having this hope, this trust in God, knowing that even in bad situations and circumstances, it is God who will bring us through it. That is true hope. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, But as for me, I will hope continually and will praise thee yet more and more. My hope grows and builds and grows and builds as my faith likewise. First Corinthians chapter 13 says in verse 13, But now by the faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. But the idea that hope, we need hope, and we need faith, that trusting confidence in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God is able to turn situations that we deem hopeless, hopeless situations, he's able to turn them around and turn them into the positive, positive blessings in this life and also in the life to come. And we're going to look at Job, Job chapter 2. What, a, what, a, what an amazing account of the life of a human being and his struggle and his suffering, though being a righteous man and fearing God. Job 2 beginning at verse 7. Very familiar passage, obviously, to you. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Has thou not? made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side. Thou has blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has and he will surely curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, All that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Now it happened on the day when the sons of his daughters were eating and drinking wine 
their oldest brother's house. And it goes on to talk about the account of how Satan touched everything that Job owned, that Job loved, that Job possessed. He tried to bring such hopelessness into the life of Job. But if you look again at verse 12, you'll recognize that God said, you can do these things, but don't touch him. See, Satan is even bound by the power and the strength and the might of God. But in this situation, Job continually looked where? He looked to God. He looked to God. And even though he was confused and, and in his mind was bewildered, and he was wondering, God, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening at all? Though he was confused, he did not lose his hope. He kept his focus and his confidence in God and never put his confidence in man. Job 3. We pray God will open up the eyes of, of medical science uh, in this situation to, to be able to see that bacteria, that virus, or whatever it is that they're trying to find, that anomaly, to be able to see that anomaly and to say, this is it, and then to be able to help us and bring a cure to our land. But we know it only comes through God. When God opens their eyes to be able to see, and that, brethren, is our prayer. We leave our hope and confidence in God and never in man. In Job 3, beginning at verse 1, listen to what happens. Afterward, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, Let the day perish on which I was born. And the night which said, a boy is conceived. May that day be darkness. Let not God above care for it, nor let light shine on it. Just, I wish I had never been born. You see, he's he's in in this dungeon right now in his mind. And he's struggling. He's struggling. God, help me. I know you're there, God. Help me. Verse 11. Why did I not die at birth? Come forth from the womb and expire. Job 5. God, I'm suffering so badly. So terrible. There's, there's no real reason for me to continue to live, but Job had hope in God that maybe this would go away, that maybe he would be healed, but he had no understanding as to whether or not this would ever go away. Would this eventually kill Job, take him to his death? Job did not know, but Job did know one thing. His Redeemer lives. Job continued in his hope and confidence and faith, trust in God, knowing that God can take a terrible, terrible situation on a gloomy day and turn into a bright and beautiful blessing. Job 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, But as for me, I would seek God. I would place my cause before God, who does great and unsearchable things. Wonders without number. He gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields so that he sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn are lifted to safety. He frustrates the plotting of the shrewd so that their hands cannot attain success. He captures the wise by their own shrewdness and the advice of the cunning is quickly throated. By day, They meet with darkness and grope at noon as in the night. 
But he saves from the sword of their mouth and the poor from the hand of the mighty. So the helpless has hope and unrighteousness must shut its mouth. There is hope for the helpless, right? Job 19. Job 19. He found this hope in God. He found this hope that that it brings relief and it gives you the energy and it gives you the strength to fight on. He found that hope and that trust and that confidence in God and he kept on going and he keeps on going and he keeps on going because he trusts in God. In Job 19 and verse 23, arguing with his friends, going back and forth and back and forth. And over in chapter 19 and verse 23, Job says, Oh, that my words were written. They were, Job. They are written for us. All that my words were written, all that they were inscribed in a book, that with an iron stylus and lead they were engraved in the rock forever. And as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will take his stand on the earth. You see, Job didn't know. He did not know what was coming. He didn't know his 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 moment. He just knew the moment he was living in, but he didn't know the next moment, the very next second, the very next minute, the very next hour. Even his his dreams were troubling. Job was struggling, but he kept his hope and his confidence in God. And even though his friends came along and they had nothing but bad news for Job, and they were accusing Job and they were very judgmental against Job, Job kept looking up, looking up to heaven. Trusting in God because Job says, I know, and he's right, that my Redeemer lives. Job 27, verse 1. Hope. The hope that Job possessed is a hope, brethren, that we have to possess as God's people. We have to walk, when we go to the stores, with a smile on our face, right? We don't need to look like, the, you know, this, this pestilence or this, this plague. The world is over. It's not over. We're going to be all right. Job 27, verse 1. Then Job continued his discourse and said, As God lives, who has taken away my right, and the Almighty, who has embittered my soul, for as long as life is in me, and the breath of God is in my nostrils, my lips certainly will not speak unjustly, nor will my tongue mutter deceit. Far be it from me that I should declare you right till I die. I will not put away my integrity from me. I hold fast my righteousness and will not let it go. My heart does not reproach any of my days. Job. What a man of God. Job 42. Chapter 42. What a man of God. Brethren, we have to maintain this resolve that we are not we are not going to give up we are not going to give in we are not going to be those negative people running around trying to knock people over and stealing their toilet paper <laughs> right that's not what we're going to do we are going to stand as the reflection of Jesus a light in the midst of chaos in the midst of a a dark and gloomy day we are going to stand as people of hope 
people of God. We're going to be the people to give great confidence to other people to trust in God. We're the ones that are going to say that God is good even in the midst of tragedy and devastation. We praise our God. Hope keeps a godly man, a faithful man, praying until the last hour. Job 42, please, verse 1 and 2. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do all things and that no purpose of thine can be thwarted. And brethren, as we trust and we pray and we have our confidence in God, turn to Psalm 146, please. We know that we can never and we will never give up on God. We will never give our hope or turn our hope into hopelessness and we'll never give up on prayer. We will pray and pray and pray as you keep your hope in God and none other. Psalm 146 and verse 5. There the Bible says, How blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. There's a, there's a blessing in it. Actually, I'm sorry. That was Psalm 147. That's a good one too. But anyway, Psalm 146. No, I did read the right one. That's good. Psalm 147. Let's go there now. Verse 7. Well, I got excited on that verse. So, verse 7, right? Oh, what a blessing. God is blessing us. God is wonderful. Verse 7, the Bible says, Psalm 147, verse 7. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, saying praises to our God on the lyre, who covers the heavens with clouds, who provides rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beasts its food, and to the young ravens which cry. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He does not take pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord favors those who fear him, those who wait for his loving kindness. How's your faith? What, what kind of patience do you have? Are you patiently awaiting for the answer from our God? Turn to Romans, please, chapter chapter 8. Are you patiently waiting for an answer from our God? And do you believe, do you trust in your mind, in your heart, that the answer from God will be an answer that's a good one, and it will be according to His will? Do you trust Him? Do you trust Him? Romans 8, in verse 24. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one also hope for what he sees? May I, may I ask? May I just, just, may I ask? When this pandemic is over, will we forget God? Will we go back to our comfort zone? Will we say now we don't need hope because now we see it's over? So therefore hope is no longer necessary. Therefore God is not necessary. Or will we continue in our faithfulness and in our trust, in our carefulness, in our calculated thought, will we trust our God? Verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Here's what we know. Here's what we know. 
Though like Job, we did not know what was going to happen tomorrow, or he did not know. We do not know what's going to happen tomorrow. We do not know what's going to happen at the rest of the day. But here's what we do know. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. One thing we do know, that His purpose is good. And He will cause all things to work together for the good according to His purpose. Here's one thing that we know. We know that we win. We know that we are children passing through this land and we have another one waiting for us, a heavenly home. Romans chapter 15. We know this. We know that Satan cannot win. We know that we do. When this is over, will you be even more faithful to God? Will you increase your faithfulness? Seeing the power of God that here is something that faces humanity wherever it came from. And the only one who could remove it is the one who's cared for us from the very beginning of humanity. God. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in the hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together, please. Our magnificent God, we praise your holy divine name and thank you for your written word. Thank you for the words that are recorded in the book of Job. Thank you for the words of your inspired word, Lord God, that you've given to us. Help us to find hope and the hope that lies in you. Help us to trust you and to know, Lord God, that you are with us, that you love us and you care for us. And it's you, O oh God, who will comfort us and keep us and strengthen us and protect us. Please strengthen our faith and help our unbelief. Go with us, please, O oh God. Bless us and help us to be a shining light in the midst of all this darkness. Help us to see what you see and help us to feel the way you feel. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we do pray and thank you to be your will. Amen. God bless you, brother.